Out of reverence for our Lord and his word, I invite you to stand this afternoon for the reading from the greatest story ever told according to Luke chapter 2. And this afternoon, I'm privileged to be reading from the old King James Version, and I invite your attention now to the good news. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was the governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, everyone into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth into Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you, you shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. Friends, this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Well, I don't know about you, but I never cease to be amazed by this story. It really doesn't need much interpretation. It needs very little exegesis. It, it just it just needs to be told and heard and retold. And what often happens in the retelling is our response to this old story is nearly always the same. It evokes in us a sense of like childlike wonder and astonishment and awe. When you think about it, every detail is rich 
Every detail is an epiphany. Every detail is a revelation. An executive order from the emperor unwittingly accomplishes God's plan of universal redemption. That's awesome. A young fiance who has not yet consummated her marriage conceives and bears a child. Incredible. The child is born on a road trip in a little village where this couple is essentially seemingly homeless. Unbelievable. His first bassinet is a manger. His first crib is a feeding trough. Phenomenal. The birth announcement is given initially not to Romans in corridors of power, nor to the high priest in the Holy of Holies who is much too busy with his studies, but it is given initially to indigent shepherds who are watching over their flock in the darkness of somebody else's field. What a story. According to Luke, the shepherds were the first responders that night, and their initial response was one of abject fear. Did you notice in the old King James Version, I love the way he says it, they were sore afraid. Have you ever been so afraid that your muscles were sore? One translation says they were terrified. The Greek word, of course, is ekphobos. You recognize the root word, don't you? Phobos, phobia. It is indicative of intense fear. And I don't know, but I'm speculating that these shepherds had probably heard too many hellfire and damnation sermons about the day of the Lord in which when he came there would be weeping and gnashing of teeth. They were scared to death. It's interesting to me that the Hebrew word for fear is yirah, which means literally respect, reverence, and awe. In fact, Proverbs 1.7 says it like this, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And isn't it true that revelation always begins with reverence? So while the angel's presence for the shepherds produced shock and awe, the angel's message turned their fear into joy. You don't have to be afraid. For behold, I bring you good news tonight of great joy, listen, which shall be to all people, not to some people, not to my people, not even to most people, but to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord, and check out the sign. This will be a sign unto you. You'll find him wrapped in bands of cloth, swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And so these field hands hightailed it to Bethlehem, and when they saw him, they were awed. We married off our son last summer. Can you believe it? In one year, in the span of one year, I have had the privilege of officiating both of my children's weddings. Unbelievable. I officiated my son's wedding on June the 12th, 2021, the same day that my parents married in 1956. It was an incredible day. And on that day, my son not only became a husband, but he became an uncle. He has a niece by marriage. Uh, Adair, his wife's niece, is named Dorothy. She is a precocious three-year-old who absolutely adores her uncle Andrew. 
In fact, that's been an interesting thing in their marriage, competing for Dorothy. She recently came to visit the honeymooners for a weekend, and they surprised Dorothy with a very special gift for her birthday, her third birthday. It's a Disney princess dress. This child loves Disney princesses. And get this, when she opened the box and saw the dress, this is what she said. This is exactly what she said. (gasps) My son said, apparently, this is her instinctive response to almost everything in life. Like later when they said to her, Dorothy, we're taking you to the zoo tomorrow. (gasps) On the way home, we'll probably get some chicken nuggets. (gasps) And then when we get home, maybe we'll see a movie. (gasps) And at three years of age, life for Dorothy May is a continual sequence of breathtaking revelations. It's just one (gasps) after another. And after he told me about the weekend, my son asked me what I think is a rather profound question. Dad, he said, at what point does a human being go from (gasps) to (sighs) My instinctive response was to say, about 13, son, but I didn't say that. The question, at what point does a human being go from breathtaking to sighing? Now, to be sure, (laughs) there's been a lot to sigh about in the last 22 months. I have spent a lot of prayer time sighing, (sighs) lamenting. The pandemic, Delta, Omicron, politics, the cultural divide, racial hostility, the border, the tornadoes, inflation, supply and demand. Some of your gifts are on a barge in the Pacific Ocean. The Georgia loss to Alabama. I could go on and on. Not to mention our own own personal grief. We had the longest night service last Tuesday, twice at noon and in the evening, a wonderful service. It was the longest night last week. The days will get longer now, praise God. But Reverend Casey Orr and our clergy and our wonderful Stephen ministers helped us to give voice to our sighs. And I just have to say, I think it's wonderful that in this place, at this hour, in this house, you don't ever have to hide your sorrow and your grief from God as if we could. (laughs) But neither can we hide our wonder our sense of awe. We had a moment in our family five weeks ago. It came in the form of a baby, our first grandchild. I have promised the lay leader in the church council not to mention him every week, but we've negotiated, and every other week I will mention him. And Sherry and I met our first grandson the first time three weeks ago. I just so happened to have a picture Did you hear that sound that just happened? (sighs) We met him for the first time three weeks ago. His name, Crosby Rivers, nine pounds, one ounce, 21 inches. He already speaks four languages and throws a knuckleball. He's an amazing kid. And the first time I held him, I have to tell you, it was a revelation. (laughs) Took my breath away. 
Incidentally, I'm also discovering that Nana is the most expensive word in the English language. On a side note, in my devotional life the other day, I was reading a haunting verse from Jeremiah concerning our reluctance to repent and to turn from our sin and brokenness to God. He says in chapter 6, 15, listen to this, my people have forgotten how to blush. And that's a problem. But there's a bigger problem. We sometimes, even in the church, lose our capacity to be awed. We have forgotten how to say, I overheard someone say it the other day after worship in a cynical tone in the narthex, well, nothing surprises me anymore. And I thought to myself, what a pity. Have you noticed that in our culture, we seem to have become more fluent in the language of outrage than awe? I thought it might be interesting. I hope you'll play along with me today. I thought it might be interesting to hear the sound of corporate awe. And so on the count of three, here's what I want you to do. I want every one of you, no exemptions here, I want every one of you on the count of three to say, you ready? One, two, three. What a beautiful, Don't, don't you ever lose that. That's the sound of shepherds at the manger. That's the sound of magi giving gifts in a cattle stall. That's the sound of Mary and Joseph holding their child. That's the sound of wonder as we hear tonight and retell this old story. And hopefully, that's what we will also hear when we who are postmodern 21st century shepherds make known abroad the news of a breathtaking God who has become like us so that we might become like him. Howard Olds, Reverend Howard Olds was the chief shepherd here at BUMC from 2000, 2008, eight years. In the summer of 2008, he was in the latter stages of cancer and he was still preaching. He died 10 days after he retired And in one of his last sermons, he spoke from this podium of how difficult it had become for him to breathe, just to get a full deep breath. But he went on to say in that same sermon that with every breath he drew, he became more and more keenly aware that God was closer to him than the air he breathed. He never lost his capacity to go. (gasps) Abraham Heschel, the Polish-born American rabbi, said, and I quote, listen, our goal should be to live life in radical amazement, to get up every morning and look at the world in a way that takes nothing for granted because everything is phenomenal, everything is incredible. Don't you ever treat life casually For he said, to be spiritual 
is to be amazed. Last word. I was visiting recently with a dear friend. He's in his early 80s, and we were conversing about the last couple of years. He had been through the loss of his wife. We talked about the loss of normalcy, the loss of community, and as Shelby said, some things have changed, but thanks be to God, some things have not changed. And then we began talking about our faith. He retold his story of how he as a teenager, after church one night, realized for the first time that God loved him. Not just everybody, not just the world, but him. And that Christ had forgiven him, died for him, had him in mind when he gave his life on a cross. And he looked at me with a tear in his eye and he said, I have never gotten over it. And the reality of God's infinite grace never ceases to amaze me. And all I could say was, My wish for you this Christmas is that as we sing these carols and as you light your candle and as you receive the means of grace, the bread and wine, as you ponder the meaning of this holy night, may it take your breath away. (laughs) And may you know that the one born this night is closer to you than the air that you breathe. In the name of Christ. Amen.